Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Mailbag Monday, December 14th, 2020. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day, so please be sure to go do that. Also, please go follow our Twitter page, which can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Happy Monday. I hope you all enjoyed your weekends. We finally saw the Chicago Bears get their first win in, what, two and a half months, I think? So that was a nice little surprise on Sunday. Over the weekend, not a ton of Chicago Blackhawks news came out. But speaking of nice little surprises, one us Blackhawks fans got on Saturday was the announcement that 2020 third round pick Landon Slagert was officially named to the United States final roster for the 2021 World Junior Championship, which that was news I was a little bit surprised by. I know the United States had their original roster cut down a little bit because of COVID-19 Blackhawks prospects Drew Camesso and Alex Vlasic were unfortunately caught caught up in that they weren't able to travel to Team USA's camp up in Plymouth Michigan due to an outbreak in their program at Boston University plus a, a couple other players were held off the roster as well for COVID reasons so I'm sure that helped Slager's cause a little bit being an 18-year-old, playing against a lot of 19-year-olds here in this tournament. Not that that's any different from college, but it's it's the best of the best at that age group. So it is a little different in a sense. Slager's never played in the tournament in his career either, so a first-time experience here for Landon Slager for Team USA. Super excited that the Blackhawks get at least one prospect for the United States in these World Juniors. Originally, I thought they were going to have three with Camesso and Vlasic as well, but obviously those dreams got cut short. So good to see at least one Blackhawks prospect getting the opportunity here to play in this tournament. And it'll be fun to see where Slager slots into the lineup for the U.S., Uh, He has the versatility to play both the center and the wing positions. He's played both already as a freshman for the University of Notre Dame. I expect to see him in a bottom six role if he does get some game action. I haven't seen the lines yet for Team USA and what they've been rolling with throughout their camp. 
but they only kept 13 forwards on their final roster, so that gives Slagert a real strong shot of cracking the lineup every game, obviously. The big names like Cole Caulfield, Trevor Zegris, Alex Turcotte, Bobby Brink, those are the guys that are going to lead the way offensively. They also have Matthew Boldy, Sam Colangelo, Brandon Brisson, Artur Kaliev. So it's a, it's a really strong forward group up top for the United States. And that probably leaves Slagert, I would expect, on the third or fourth line. But regardless, even even if he does see limited minutes, this is going to be a great experience for Landon Slagert. A third-round pick just a couple months ago by the Blackhawks. I know he played for the United States national program the past couple of years. That's probably helped him. But for an 18-year-old third-round pick, it's impressive that Slagert made this roster for the World Juniors. And hopefully he can build off that and have himself a strong showing here in the next couple of weeks. In addition to Slagert being named a Team USA's final roster, Blackhawks prospects Michael Tepley and Michael Crudel were also named to the traveling roster for the Czech Republic on Saturday. Their final roster has yet to be named. The Czechs still need to cut two forwards and one defenseman, but numbers-wise, it's looking good for both players. Kind of a weird situation. I'm not, not sure why. The Czech Republic would have everyone travel to Edmonton just to cut three more guys and send them home. Seems kind of cruel to me. Uh, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen to Tepley or Crudel. I know Tepley isn't getting cut. He's been one of the better players for the Czech Republic in the past couple of years. He led them in points one year ago at the World Juniors. So I think Tepley's a lock. But Crudel, I'm, I'm a little bit more worried about just because, like Landon Slagert, He's only 18 years old playing at the U-20 World Juniors, and he also has never played in this tournament before in the past, so there is definitely a possibility that Crudel could be the last defenseman cut from the roster, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed that isn't the situation that arises in the next couple of days up in Edmonton. The Blackhawks, they, they need to catch a break here. Already three prospects down in this tournament because of COVID-19, plus another out with an injury. If Crudel can make the Czech Republic's final roster, that would give the Hawks a grand total of four prospects participating in the World Junior Championship, joining teammate Michael Tepley, Landon Slagert for Team USA, and young superstar Kirby Dock for Team Canada. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about Blackhawks prospects Dominic Bassey and Josiah Slavin taking down Wyatt Kaiser and number three Minnesota Duluth on Saturday afternoon. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like salted caramel, German chocolate cake, peanut butter brownie, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. All of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps to get 20% off your next order. 
One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKDOWN in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I am your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at Jack Bushman 2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, I just finished up discussing Landon Slagert being named to the United States final roster for the 2021 World Junior Championship. Moving on now, I wanted to be sure to talk a little bit about a big game in college hockey that occurred on Sunday afternoon involving multiple Blackhawks prospects. Goaltender Dominic Bassey, a 2019 six-round pick, and forward Josiah Slavin, a 2018 seventh-round pick of the Blackhawks. They both play for Colorado College, who squared off with 2020 third-round pick Wyatt Kaiser and previously undefeated Minnesota Duluth, who came into the contest as the number three-ranked team in the country until they were upset by Colorado College 4-1 to one on Sunday, in large part to Bassey's play in net. This was actually... The first start of Bassey's collegiate career, he didn't get any last year as a freshman. And what a way to start things off. Bassey stopped 30 of the 31 shots he faced from Minnesota Duluth to earn the victory. One start and his uh, one victory and as many starts, excuse me. I usually don't expect, uh, I still don't, I should say. I, I don't expect much out of 6th and 7th round picks in the draft. But when it's a goaltender... It's a little different. It's always one of those you-never-know situations because they always take so long to develop, and who knows how good a goaltender is going to be in five or six years. So maybe there's something here with Bassey. It's too early to tell. He's still just a sophomore, but this was definitely an intriguing first start on Sunday against one of the powerhouses in college hockey, Minnesota Duluth, stopping 30 of 31 shots. I mean, Minnesota Duluth, they've got some good wins early on. They beat number four Denver at home. They hung on to a 2-1 to victory. They've got some good wins early on, and this was a really big upset by Colorado College. So really good to see Dominic Bassey, a six-round pick by the Blackhawks in 2019. He's off to a good start in his collegiate career. Josiah Slavin also had a strong game for Colorado College on Sunday. He scored his first goal of the season. That now gives him four points in as many games. I know it's still early, but that's that's a notable start for a seventh-round pick. And he has hockey in his bloodlines. You may know his brother Jacob Slavin for the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, so underrated, never gets talked about enough, but... He's, he's one of the best, if not the best, warrior 
shot blocker, penalty killing defenseman in the entire league. Um, and with those bloodlines, who knows? It's possible that Josiah could make his way to the league one day as well. But like Bassey, still way too early to tell. He's also still a sophomore for Colorado College. But but good start here to the season for Josiah Slavin and Dominic Bassey in Colorado College. A big upset win against, as I said previously, number three ranked Minnesota Duluth. Hopefully that will get them jump started and they can have a strong season out there in Colorado. On the flip side, it was tough to see Wyatt Kaiser and Minnesota Duluth fall. This one's definitely going to hurt them a bit in the rankings. But still, it's early in the season. One loss isn't going to kill them. But now... They're going to have to answer the bell and bounce back in the next few games to make sure this this doesn't become a losing skit or anything. And I know they're going to lean heavily on Kaiser going forward. In the last couple of games, he's been bumped up to the top defensive pairing. So now he's on the top defensive pairing. He's playing on the top power play. He had a great primary assist on the power play the other day. And then he's also playing on the top penalty kill unit. He's really doing it all as a freshman there. And it's been really fun to see Kaiser play so well early on. I hope to see him keep that up after a tough loss for Minnesota Duluth on Sunday afternoon because they're going to need Kaiser to be really good in order to bounce back and keep the ball rolling. All right, coming up in just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple lucky listeners right here live on the podcast. the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can reach me on Twitter at JackBushman2 or at TalkinHockey, or you can also always email the Lockdown Blackhawks email, which is LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com for any questions you have about the show, the Blackhawks, or anything that has to do with their draft picks or their moves during the free agency period. Okay, so I just finished up discussing Colorado College upsetting number three Minnesota Duluth on Sunday. Now it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple lucky listeners live on the show. The first question I want to answer today comes from at rreegs68 on Twitter, who asked, If the Hawks finish dead last in the Central Division and don't make the playoffs, do Jeremy Colleton and Stan Bowman get fired and the organization looks to a different direction from them two? Let me say this. If the Hawks do, in fact, finish last in the Central Division, that would mean winding up with fewer points than the Detroit Red Wings. In that type of disaster, that would be what it takes to rattle the cage a little bit in the organization, in my opinion. I know the Hawks have committed to the rebuild, they've openly done so, and they don't expect to be competing for the Stanley Cup next season, but finishing worse than the Red Wings, that would be a huge slap in the face. And if that happens, I I don't think it will. First off, let me say that. I I do project the Hawks to struggle. I have them as 7th in the division, but I I don't 
expect them to be worse than Detroit. But if somehow that does happen, then I don't think anyone around the organization anyone around the organization is safe, even with the team openly committed to a rebuild. But one thing I will say is that the Blackhawks, they like the guys who are in charge right now. There have been talks about Jeremy Colleton signing a contract extension before the season even starts. I personally wouldn't go that way if I were the Blackhawks, but they clearly have faith in Colleton, so that move wouldn't shock me in the least if it does wind up happening, and that would, that would certainly change everything. Colleton would no longer be on the hot seat or even in the realm of being in the hot seat. But as for Bowman, if these young pieces struggle and don't fit well next season and things aren't trending in the right direction, who knows what could happen there. But like Colleton, I know the Blackhawks, they have faith in Stan. They want him to be their general manager throughout the rebuilding process. So I do think something drastic would have to happen for those two to get canned. The second question I want to answer on today's episode comes from at Dylan Terry FS, who also asked on Twitter, should the Hawks take a run at signing Michael Granlund? He put up his best numbers playing with Miku Koivu, who is similar to Jonathan Taze. And with down seasons the last two years, the Hawks could probably sign him for cheap. Granlund, he's one of the many players that have yet to sign with the team this offseason. I expect that negotiations with a lot of those players will start to pick up here soon because the players, uh, the season excuse me, is now starting in less than a month. Um, Granlund, he, he's an intriguing two-way forward that could play middle six minutes, but I just, I just don't think the Blackhawks are going to go that route for a couple of different reasons. One, they still need to re-sign Dylan Strom, and he, he's going to cost the team somewhere around... 3.5 to 4 million most likely and after that that would leave the Hawks with somewhere around 2 to 3 million dollars in cap space heading into the regular season so I just don't think that would work out financially without the Hawks having to move another piece and also the Blackhawks have a ton of players already in their bottom six forward group it's going to be a tight squeeze even with a couple of extra roster spots potentially for next season. So not only does the addition of Granlin not make sense financially for the Blackhawks, but I also just struggle to see where he fits into the lineup every night as well. So I don't think that would be enticing for either party. The Blackhawks don't really want to muddy up that that forward group even more than it already is. Plus, Granlin probably doesn't want to sign in a place where he could be fighting for playing time potentially. So um, I just don't think that this is a really good fit for the Blackhawks. Also, Granlund, has, he's looked like a shell of himself ever since he was traded to Nashville. That, that move did not work out well for the Predators. Maybe a change of scenery will do him well. He is a former first-round pick, but there are just a few different reasons why I don't think the Blackhawks will take a chance on Michael Granlund in free agency. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Mailbag Monday, December 14th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day.
and after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars by subscribing to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I am your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the podcast, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com, hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until the next episode, thank you again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.